0: They're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. Well, that just got weird fast, didn't it?
1: Well, I don't know why I came here tonight I got the feeling that something right I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs Clowns to the left of me Jokers
0: to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle
1: with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the
0: middle From Pacifica Radio's KPFK 90.7 oh, FM, so FM in Los Angeles, so this is your broadcast. As the also heard on 91.7 FM, KYAQ on the Oregon Central Coast, the on the Progressive Voices Channel, right? on Netroots Radio, right. Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation... Thank Radio or not, Radio Free Brooklyn, and Radio Sputnik, five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us. Yes, it's another action-packed adventure today. Uh, We've got a lot to cover, a lot that has been on my desk that I have been trying to get to. Uh, But with so much breaking news of late, as usual, it's hard to get to everything. We're going to try to get to as much as we can today, including. Oh, boy. Including uh, the don't laugh, Desi Doyen. I see what you're (laughs) including uh, Donald Trump, which, you know what? I usually love, as you know. Yeah. No one loves covering Donald Trump more than I do, if only because this entire mess it's not that i you know love covering donald trump it's that i i this is the republican party this is 10 uh, even arguably 20 30 years of the republican party coming home to roost for them this is everything they have strived donald trump represents everything they have strived to be striven i don't know Strive to be for the past uh, uh, at least 10 years, but wouldn't admit to striving to be. Donald Trump admits it. Donald Trump is not afraid to admit it. Donald Trump is not afraid to be the Republican id. He is not afraid to be everything that the Republican Party has now become in all of its shame and disgrace. So, you know, so I enjoy uh, uh, talking about that because, you know, I have argued for years. I've had Republicans on this show. I've had Republicans at, at Brad blog, you know, trying to help them be sane, trying to recover, trying to get them as they, you know, began to move off the tracks into madness. Uh, not just five or 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago at this point, pretty much since nine eleven. When it comes to their pol- uh, well when it comes to their politics but certainly going back to Reagan when it comes back when it goes to their policy. But when there it comes to their politics you know 9/11 and the Iraq war made the Republican Party crazy insane and they didn't give a damn about pulling it back from that brink of insanity. Now it seems like they have fallen over that cliff with Donald Trump. And so while I have been covering the Republican Party and their madness, uh, you know, I haven't really gotten into Donald Trump and his policy. Uh, And Donald Trump and his background, Donald Trump and who he is, you know, because so many people regarded him, oh, as a joke, this is all going to fall apart, this is all going to blow up. I don't know that it is going to blow up. It's very possible that Donald Trump Trump will be the uh, nominee for the Republican Party at this point.
1: See, I don't. I, I just. There's a part of me that thinks there's no way. There's no way. Really, there really can't be any way that he would actually make it all the way to the nomination. That 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 the other Republicans won't try to bring him down in some. Oh, fashion. they will
0: try to bring him down. That That's they will manage to succeed, uh, to succeed. I should say. Yeah. Well, you know what it's going to take. I mean, everybody thought, oh, he's going to drop out on his own accord. Uh, And then everybody thought, oh, he's going to blow himself up. He's going to say something that's so stupid. Well, he has said something that is so stupid time and time and time again. And his polls keep going up. So, frankly, I think the only way that he gets out at this point is uh, once one well once a bunch of the other what 16 candidates or so begin to drop out and begin to coalesce around someone else i still think that person is going to be scott walker but i don't really know what i'm talking about i'm just guessing based on uh you know the fact that scott walker kind of appeals both to establishment republicans and to the wingnut crazy republicans So, you know, as I say, that's just a guess. I will tell you that's just a guess, unlike the pundits on TV who are always wrong, who tell you they know things that they absolutely do not know. One of the things they did not know was that Donald Trump would be very, very successful uh, in his bid. And, of course, we knew that right away. And we told you so. And we were right. But anyway, uh, so some very weird stuff with Donald Trump that we will get into uh, a little bit later in this show. And I will try to make myself feel more comfortable getting into this uh, particular issue because it is so bizarre and dirty. But you know what? If Donald Trump is going to be the front runner for the the, Republican, the first Republican debate is next week, is a week from Thursday. You know, so we're not just talking about this for fun. This is real now. The campaign is on, and Donald Trump's heading into it as the uh the top candidate for the Republican nomination. So we gotta talk about this stuff. So we will talk about that in a little bit. First, some some breaking news and some news I've been trying to get to. Uh first on the breaking news, uh, Planned Parenthood confirmed on uh Monday that its internal systems were the target of of a cyber attack hours after reports that hackers had gained access to the organization's internal databases and employee records. Planned Parenthood said that it was targeted by abortion extremists and had asked federal law enforcement to investigate the breach. The Daily Dot reported Monday that late Sunday a group of hackers had launched a successful breach of the organization's website databases and employee records. One of the hackers believed to be involved suggested the cyber attack was politically motivated. So once again, I bring that out and I bring these out a lot when these uh, hacks have happened time and time again over the past several weeks. Uh, Generally, it's, you know, huge government organizations that we're talking about that that are being hacked. Uh, The military, the, uh, the Department of Justice, CIA, FBI and so on, White House. And we point those out by way of reminding people. On this program, uh, what we've been covering for so many years at Bradblog.com, which is that electronic voting is not safe and that Internet voting in particular is not safe. And the move to try to get people to vote on the Internet, to try to move voting systems to Internet voting systems is upon us and it will be increasing and frankly, even if we uh, don't get to Internet voting, which many, many people want to and we're even doing in many cases with overseas and military voters, uh, even if we don't get to that, we still have these very same systems which are hackable, which can uh, you know, be used to disrupt an election, are still in use all over the entire country. About one third of the voting systems that we use are 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting systems. If anything goes wrong in any way, shape or form, if anybody hacks those systems, you will never, ever be able to reconstruct the election one way or another. Similarly, the other two thirds of the the nation uh, vote on paper, but those paper ballots are counted by optical scan computers, which can also be hacked. They can be hacked by outsiders like this Planned Parenthood attack, or they can simply be have their results flipped like that. In 30 seconds time by a well-placed insider and no one will ever be the wiser, most likely. So, uh, you know, but when it comes to these attacks, when you look at something like, uh, you know, we are talking about the military and the DOJ and all of that being hacked, they're supposed to have this hardened, you know, encryption that cannot be accessed. But, of course, it was accessed very easily. When it comes to Planned Parenthood, I mean, these people, this organization, has been under, literal, literally under fire for years. They have lost, they have been, you know, they've had staff members killed, murdered. So you know that their security is or should be amongst the best in the world. They know that they are a target. And yet... They were easily hacked. And at the same time, your local election official, your local election director, he or she is supposed to be able to safeguard your results, your election results, on electronic voting systems. That is insane. And I've said it over and over again. I've said it over and over again for well over a decade at this point. But it needs to be said, particularly as we head towards... uh, towards our next presidential election. Okay, so that just in. And uh, Desi do? yesterday we spoke on this program uh, with David Roberts of Vox.com uh, after Hillary Clinton had made her, uh, what, her, her first... Her big climate, climate speech. speech. The,
1: the first plank of what will be her climate right. policy.
0: And she talked about installing half a billion... Solar panels across the country before she is, uh, before her second term, as she put it, before she finishes her first term. We had David Roberts on to talk about it. He's, he's big on solar, great environmental journalist. Um, he was not all of that, all that impressed with what Hillary had to say. Uh, other people were. Other people think that's a lot of solar power. She wants to power every single home in America with solar panels. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later on on the Green News Report. But, um, one of the things she would not do when she was asked about the Keystone XL pipeline and we wouldn't ask if she would favor it or oppose it, reject it. And David Roberts said that, frankly, he felt it made no sense for Hillary to take a position on it at this point. Right. Politically.
1: Because, because it's still being decided by President Obama, and it would be, you know, it would be very uh, difficult and awkward if she were to come out now against the, for example, if she were to come out against the Keystone XL pipeline, and then Obama has to then announce that he's either for it, you know. So if they disagree, then it sort of, it puts, there's really no, as David Roberts puts it, there's really no political upside uh, to having her say this right now well, for her. Well, might,
0: it might be poli- uh, politically awkward uh, but frankly, uh, you know, especially as Bernie Sanders is gaining momentum and he has, you know, he doesn't pull those political punches. He says what he believes and he is against the Keystone XL pipeline, as far as I know. Um, you know, I, I think it would go a, a long way, whether politically awkward or not, for Hillary Clinton to just show some courage. And, you know, is she for it or against it? And why? And make the case one way or another. And if she disagrees with the president, so be it. Uh, nonetheless, she has been afraid to do that, so color me unimpressed with that fear. But we've got some breaking news, maybe, maybe, from a U.S. senator. Well, it comes from a U.S. senator today on the Twitters, correct? Yes.
1: Well, it actually comes from Ari Natter, who is a reporter with Bloomberg New Energy Finance, which is a, a great website. So Ari Natter tweeted earlier today that the this is what he got from Senator John Hoven, who is a Republican from North Dakota. So Senator John Hoven, according to Ari Nader, says White House plans to announce Keystone XL pipeline rejection during August recess. That's according to Senator John Hoven. So I haven't seen any further information about that. No one else has uh, really picked up. And on no that.
0: actual evidence. So we don't know if the senator was speculating, was saying, oh, yeah, well, everyone's going to go home for the August recess. And then Obama is going to announce that he's uh, rejecting the Keystone XL pipeline. Right.
1: We don't know. There's no confirmation on this. The only thing I've seen so far as we go to air is Ari Natter saying this and saying that Senator John Hoven said that it's going to be rejected during the August recess. And how
0: would you feel about that news if it was true?
1: I think that would be great. I mean, I think that. Why do
0: you oppose the Keystone XL pipeline? I oppose the Keystone
1: Keystone XL pipeline. And frankly, I oppose Pretty much all new fossil fuel infrastructure that isn't absolutely necessary because right now the latest studies all show that the more fossil fuel infrastructure we build, the longer it locks us into using fossil fuels you know some of this infrastructure like power plants for example and pipelines have a useful lifetime uh, generally between 30 to 50 years so it locks people in to using fossil fuels um for decades when in reality we need to get off fossil fuels faster than we are already getting off of them right now
0: and james hansen former nasa uh chief scientist over at nasa uh, has said that if we tap into those tar sands up in Canada and bring them down to those filthy, dirty tar sands, which are not like the regular, not regular crude oil, oil right. that we're used to, uh, that it will be game over, he says, for the planet. And that's James Hansen, who has been right on pretty much everything when it comes to global warming. He was the first to publicly sound the alarm back in 1988 in his testimony uh, to the U.S. Senate. He said it back in, uh, uh, but as early as you know 1981, I believe it was, he was warning about... Climate change, global warming, and what would happen, and uh, and he was very specific as far as you know the droughts out here in the West.
1: His predictions, in yes, in the Middle
0: East, I mean, he's been right on the money, uh, and so it is James Hansen who has a new study that came out last week, which is incredibly disturbing, incredibly troubling, saying that it will be uh, that sea level rise will happen much quicker than. Scientists have previously thought. Could uh,
1: potentially happen much quicker.
0: Correct. Well, within 50 years. Yeah, 10, 10 feet 10, within 10 50 feet, yeah. years.
1: That potential is there right now. He's not saying that it will because the timing is really difficult to set. But, but he
0: explained why. Yes. Uh, you know, it's not that he's just suddenly decided, oh, it's going to be faster. They're looking at uh, new computer models, essentially, for the way the ice melts and what that ice melt is than does to further more ice melt. We will be talking about that on this program tomorrow with Dr. Michael Mann, the creator of the infamous hockey stick graph uh, that has caused uh, so many right-wingers uh, their heads to explode because it tied the rise in carbon dioxide to the rise in temperatures in the past uh, 50 or 100 years versus prior to that, the hundreds The last 800,000 years. Yeah, yeah, everything was flat, and then boom, all of a sudden, temperatures and carbon dioxide go up at once. So we will be talking with uh, Dr. Michael Mann about that new uh, James Hansen report. Uh, On tomorrow's broadcast and uh, Michael Mann is um, is disturbed by it, but also has some concerns about the study. So I I will look forward to that. Also, I will look forward, uh, Desi, to uh, talking with you about more green news later. Uh, Not just Hillary uh, going big on solar, but Jeb Bush calling for the elimination of all energy subsidies because, you know, we shouldn't be picking winners and losers.
1: Uh-huh. So
0: all of that is ahead. Uh, the um, the NSA will not be allowed to keep old phone records, and we have Edward Snowden to thank for that. And this is something that uh, d- drove me crazy uh, for a while. Well, you know, it's a short drive, as they say, but it's something that drove me crazy. You actually had progressives going after... Edward Snowden, when he came out, and going after Glenn Greenwald when he you know, came out. So Snowden, everyone knows, the former NSA contractor, uh, showing that NSA spying on Americans was, uh, and really everyone in the world, was uh, much worse than previously thought. Well, now analysts at the NSA will no longer be uh, permitted to search a database holding five years of Americans' domestic calling records after November 29, the Obama administration said this week. This is thanks to legislation enacted in June that barred the NSA from collecting Americans' calling records after 180 days. But that legislation did not say what would happen to the data already gathered. So under a new system laid out by the USA Freedom Act, the government will not hold the bulk data, which is used to analyze links between callers in search of terrorism suspects, reports Charlie Savage over the New York Times. Uh, On Monday, the intelligence office of the director of national intelligence said in a statement that NSA analysts would lose access to the old database of material that they've been keeping now for for years and that NSA technicians would still be able to view the historic records for an additional three months, but then after that, this allows them to match up uh, new data under the new system, which is not being kept by the government but by the private companies. After that time, they will destroy all of the old data. Uh, the NSA plans to then to purge the records. Uh, but they can't do it yet because they got to wait for the resolution of a lawsuit over those records by folks like the uh, ACLU uh, who has uh, asked uh, the courts to block the system. So uh, to 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 block the old system. So the fight continues. Whether the government will actually delete the records, whether the Freedom Act will actually change the way records are collected, that remains to be seen. I'm sure they've got ways that they will be working around it, and we will be talking more about that in the future. But you know what? This is something that progressives, some progressives, I should say, they came out, they viewed, it was really stupid, they viewed Edward Snowden's disclosure uh, disclosures as some kind of an attack, I guess, on President Obama. And they were protecting the president. And so they turned against Snowden, the whistleblower Snowden. They turned against Glenn Greenwald, the progressive journalist who they had otherwise for years supported when Glenn Greenwald was critical of the Bush administration. But now when he came out with something that uh, appeared to be critical of the uh, the Obama administration, they turned and attacked him, which was ridiculous, which is silly. And the country owes a great debt, in my opinion, to uh, former NSA contractor Edward Snowden, who continues to languish to this day somewhere in Russia. And I hope if, well, if nothing else, I was going to say I hope that Obama somehow manages to Give clemency to Snowden uh, since uh, Snowden has since Obama has acted on so much of what Snowden has done. But he's not going to. I'm sure he's not going to, which is very disappointing. And so that fight continues. Um, Okay, we've got a few more. Well, I'm going to have to hold that one for another day. Uh, But uh, very quickly, before we get to a break here, uh, fewer Republicans, (laughs) this fewer Republicans support their own party. At this point, the percentage of uh, those with favorable views of of the Republican Party has dropped across the board since early this year. Including sharply among Republicans, according to a new Pew Research uh, Center poll, fewer than a third of Americans, just 32 percent, have a favorable impression of the GOP. That's a nine point drop in the poll since January. So since January. Republicans, you know, Americans who favor Republicans has dropped over a cliff. Nine points. Pew's survey finds that 60 percent of Americans have an unfavorable view of the Republican Party. Positive view of the Republican Party has fallen 18 points since January among those who identify as Republican. Even Republicans don't like Republicans. The support had been 86 percent, is now down to 68 percent. It's also fallen 8 percent among independents. Meanwhile, the uh, the Democratic Party's ratings are uh, pretty close. Well, 48 percent favorable, 47 percent unfavorable. Democrats, however, view their, uh, their own party 86 percent favorably, and that has pretty much remained steady as the GOP has dipped, has fallen over a cliff. Why has that happened? How much of it has to do with Donald Trump and the ugliness uh, now on the Republican side of the ledger in this uh, 2016 race? Well, that's what everyone's been talking about on the Republican and the Democratic Party side. So that's what we will be talking about. And yes, it's it may get kind of ugly. That's what we will be talking about after this break. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast Uh, Donald Trump coming up. Don't touch that dial. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized commercial free broadcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. Welcome back to the broadcast, Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. All right, well, uh, I talked a little bit about in the in the previous segment how I've been. You know, in truth, while I enjoy covering Donald Trump, I'm also a little uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable, frankly, focusing on so much presidential politics. But as we are now just about a week from the first presidential debate Uh, of the 2016 season it will be on fox news it will supposedly have the uh the top 10 candidates according to some uh, randomly selected criteria by fox news of national polls a ridiculous uh, uh, plan frankly it's going to leave out a lot of people who should be on that debate stage and yet as of now, that is still uh, unless something changes. By the time uh, this, uh, by the time you hear my voice, that's what they're doing. So that means uh, Donald Trump will be in the uh, in the first Republican debate, but a whole bunch of governors. Governor Rick Perry facing a felony uh, indictment at this point, he won't be in it. Governor uh, former he's the former governor of Texas. Governor John Kasich, I believe, will not be in it. He's the governor of Ohio, the important swing state. He will not be in it. The one Republican. A woman who is running for president, Carly Fiorina, she won't be in the debate. So we'll see. I think Fox is going to come under pressure. They're going to have to do something to make up for this ridiculous criteria uh, for determining who is in, uh, in the debates. But who will be in the debates? We know for a fact Donald Trump, unless he drops out between here and there for some reason. In any event... I always feel bad covering a uh, uh, Republican, not just Republican, but covering presidential horse race politics, because frankly, it's so stupid. So much <laughs> of it is so ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it's really dumb these days. But, you know, here's here's the problem that we have. We have an entire party that is now in control of Congress, both the House and the Senate, that is preventing Anything from moving forward. So we kind of do have to talk about this right now because people need to understand that their votes actually do matter. Elections actually do matter. And we are in this situation That we are in today because people didn't get out to vote. So now we have the Congress that we have and we have the uh, presidential candidates that are demonstrating what the actual Republican Party base actually believes. And I think people need to see that.
0: And they need to understand who the front runner is for the Republican Party. And that is Donald Trump. And. Uh, there's obviously a long way to go before we get to the elections, before we get to anybody actually cast a vote in uh, January or so. But you know what? The, uh, the debates are on us, uh, so it's on. Uh, with that in mind, I'm going to, uh, before I get to what I want to talk about and this... <laughs> This the newest development with Donald Trump. I'm going to try to make myself feel further better. I was actually thinking about this yesterday before this new story with with Trump broke. Uh, And I wanted to get to this story from Molly Ball at the Atlantic uh, because she made me feel somewhat better. She said she wrote, um, you want the Trump show to be over, but it's not over. You want to ignore Donald Trump. You think maybe if you ignore him long enough, he will go away. Well, guess what? He's not going away. Yep. It's as if she's writing to me. She goes (laughs) on to write, All these Republicans seemed to love Trump when they were begging him for all the money and attention he could give them. And while Trump was asking for, for the president's birth certificate, which, by the way, did you notice he succeeded in getting Obama to release? But now... Rick Perry, the former governor of Texas, is giving a speech in Washington calling Trump a cancer on conservatism. Rick Perry, I don't even think uh, I don't think even understands what he is saying, said Trump in response. Yet the party has no power over Trump. He has the money. He has the press. He has the voters. If he does not feel the GOP is treating him fairly, he is considering running as an independent instead. In that case, polls indicate he would take a chunk of votes from the Republican candidate and Hillary Clinton would win by a large margin. So the party has to be nice to him. It has to let him on the stage. The 20% of the party that loves Trump may be dumb or racist or angry or wrong, but the Republican Party cannot live without without them. And that's the problem here. The GOP is damned if Trump stays in, damned if he goes, and no one knows how the show Will end uh, tomorrow. He will be on the front page again," said Molly Ball. This was last week, quite, quite appreciately. Yes, he's been on the front pages ever since. He will lead all the newscasts this tr- summer. Of Trump, will continue. You can't stop it. Nobody can. Trump is too big. Well, that's true. No one can stop it at this point, and Trump is too big, so we will continue to cover Trump, whether we like it or not. In this case, part of this story I don't like. The other part of the story I kind of like, actually. (laughs) Uh, So here's the part that I don't like. Uh, This uh, came out from uh, from the Daily Beast, these accusations about Donald Trump raping. His then wife Ivana Trump back in uh, back in the uh, back in the eighties an incident that happened in 1989. I'm going to try to not get into the details of this because it is so ugly, um, but uh, the Daily Beast, uh, Tim Mack and Brandy Zadrozny broke this story yesterday at the Daily Beast. Um, this was her assertions of quote unquote rape that were published. In a 1993 book called The Lost Tycoon, The Many Lives of Donald Trump, it was written by former Texas Monthly and Newsweek reporter Harry Hurt III. Uh, He described a harrowing scene that took place in that Ivana Trump referred to in-court documents.
1: In their divorce documents.
0: During their divorce documents, uh, right, in in a deposition. She herself described this incident as rape. Um, this happened after what is described as a painful scalp reduction surgery to remove a bald spot on uh, Donald Trump. I didn't even know there... Have you ever heard of scalp reduction? I've never you know, heard I of think this. I
1: have. If you've got a big old bald spot on your head, they try to basically pull your skin up so that they cut the hole out That's and bring creepy. all the hair together. It's disgusting. That's and, creepy. And That's and weird. Probably, yeah, painful.
0: And frankly, I'm just shocked to hear that Donald Trump is losing his hair. But <laughs> he has, seems like he has such a beautiful mane. Anyway, he... <laughs> uh, <laughs> So uh, apparently Ivana had used the same plastic surgeon. She recommended this guy to Donald Trump. It was terribly painful. Uh, he got angry about it. There was a quote-unquote violent assault, according to the, uh, the book, The Lost Tycoon. Uh, Donald then uh, held back Ivana's arms, began to pull out fistfuls of hair from her scalp, as if to mirror the pain he felt from his own operation, tore off her clothes, unzipped his pants. You get the rest of the idea. So according to versions, uh, she has said to some of her friends, uh, he raped me, according to the book. Uh, Donald Trump always said it's obviously false uh, of these uh, accusations. This is what he said back in 1993, according to Newsday. It's incorrect and done by a guy without much talent. He's a guy with who's an unattractive guy who is a vindictive and jealous person. He called him unattractive. Um,
1: and vindictive.
0: And vindictive. That's right. Lost Tycoon, um, when that was about to be printed, Donald Trump and his lawyers provided a statement from Ivana, which was posted on the first page of the book. So remember, this statement came from Donald Trump and his lawyers from Ivana. And in the statement, Ivana confirms that she, quote, felt violated. And that she had stated her husband had uh, raped her during a divorce deposition, but Ivana softened the earlier statement. She said in this statement from Donald Trump and his lawyers back in 1993, she said during a deposition given by me in connection with my matrimonial case, I stated that my husband had raped me on one occasion during 1989, Mr. Trump and I had marital relations in which he behaved very differently toward me than he had during our marriage. As a woman, I felt violated as the love and tenderness which was normally exhibited towards me was absent. I referred to this as a rape, but I do not want my words to be interpreted in a literal or criminal sense. Uh, So that was in the book. Uh, the, The book then added a notice to the reader saying that that statement, quote, does not contradict or invalidate any information contained in this book. OK, so that's what happened uh, in 93 uh, when this book came out. And it should be noted they settled their uh, their divorce case in the year before in 1992. So I don't want to necessarily get into all of those details, but that's where all of this comes from. And that's what set off Donald Trump's attorney which is just amazing. Uh, and I guess we shouldn't be surprised because he is Donald Trump's attorney. And uh, frankly, everything that Donald Trump has done in this campaign, starting with his first comments about rapists, uh, which that calling uh, Mexicans rapists. Do you have that? Uh, you yeah. Go ahead and play that. Just to remind us. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems. And they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. Some, I assume, are good people. I guess other than the rapists. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe the rapists are good people. Maybe, Maybe they're Maybe. all rapists. But no, they're good rapists. I don't know. So uh, he refused to back off of that, despite losing all of this, uh, all of this business, all these contracts. You know the story. Then he went after John McCain. He said he wasn't a war hero and in the same breath said he was a war hero uh, refused to apologize about that. Now he's going after uh, Rick Perry. Now he's going after Scott Walker uh, without apology. And every single time he does it, the Republican. Oh, well, that's it. He is. He's done now. He's cooked himself. No, he's not done. His polls continue to go through the roof. We read a bunch of these new polls yesterday, and one of them he has twice as many uh, supporters as the next nearest uh, Republican candidate, Jeb Bush or Scott Walker, whoever it was. So it's going well, and that is catching on, and other Republicans are saying, you know what, I can be a huge jerk as well and not apologize for it, and it's going to redound to my benefit in the polls. And that's what uh, Mike Huckabee, Did Former governor of Arkansas, one of those whom is unlikely at this point to be in the Fox News debate. He came out and talked about the Iran deal that Obama is making. And I don't think we have the audio, but we don't need it. Talking about how Obama might as well be marching Israel to the ovens with this deal. I mean, horribly offensive. But, you know, people say stuff. They say stuff on radio. You know, I've said stuff on radio. Um Nothing like that, mind you, <laughs> as far as I know. But of course, when they ask, hey, uh, Mike Huckabee, do you want to apologize for that? No, I don't want to apologize for that. I mean it. So they're all doing, they're all doing their Trump act at this point. So we shouldn't be surprised when people around Trump are like Trump. Michael Cohen, special counsel, spokesman, and longtime attorney for the Trump Organization threatened The Daily Beast reporter Tim Mack with untold legal consequences in response to an article that surfaced, uh, the one that I was just uh, reading to you from, uh, about Trump having uh, then uh, raped his his wife, uh, uh, Ivana. According to The Daily Beast, Michael Cohn issued a series of vulgar quotes when questioned by the reporter. Cohn, Trump's attorney, said to the reporter, there is nothing reasonable about you wanting to write a story about somebody's usage of the word rape. When she's talking about how she didn't feel emotionally satisfied.
1: Oh, boy.
0: Though there's many literal senses to the word, if you distort it and you put Mr. Trump's name there onto it, rest assured you will suffer the consequences. So whatever you want, so do you do whatever you want. You want to ruin your life at the age of 20, you do that, and I'll be happy to serve it right up to you. He said this to the reporter. I will make sure he, there's more. I will make sure that you and I meet one day while we're in the courthouse, and I will take you for every penny you still don't have, and I will come after your Daily Beast and everybody else that you possibly know. So I am warning you, tread very effing lightly. I got to censor this here. Very effing lightly, because what I'm going to do to you is going to be effing disgusting you understand me you write a story that has mr trump's name in it with the word rape and i'm gonna mess your life up for as long as you're on this freaking planet wow this time he said (laughs) freaking you're gonna have to have judgments against you so much yeah he's not done still oh my god you'll never know how to get out from underneath it so much money I think you should go ahead and you should write the story that you plan on writing. I think you should do it because I think you're an idiot and I think your paper's a joke and it's going to be my absolute pr- pleasure to serve you with a $500 million lawsuit like I told you I did to the to Univision. This is his attorney. This is his attorney talking. Donald to the Trump press has a... To the press, who is writing it all down and reporting it. Now, of course... That's not the worst part of what this attorney said. Oh, my. Yes, I know. That's not the worst part. Uh, so the worst part uh, comes from, uh, and let me, you know what, let me let me just do this. So they so they uh, don't sue me. Well, they can sue me. I don't care. Uh, Ivana told ABC News uh, about this entire report. Now, she says, it is without merit. She says, I have recently read some comments attributed to me from 30 years ago. Uh, The story is totally without merit. Donald and I are the best of friends. Together we have three children that we love and are very proud of. I have found nothing but fondness for Donald. Okay. Now, remember, the settlement that she made uh, was uh, confidential, that uh, as it's reported by the, uh, who is this, uh, the Guardian, uh, her, her divorce involved a gag order that keeps her from talking about her marriage to Trump without his permission. So she can't say anything unless he gives her the okay, And there's a lot of money riding on this, right? Oh, yeah. uh, Her uh, divorce settlement. In any event, the lawyer, Michael Cohen, then goes on to say to this reporter, you're talking about the front runner for the GOP presidential candidate, as well as private individual who never raped anybody. And, of course, understand that by the very definition, you can't rape your spouse. It is true. He said to the Daily Beast, you cannot rape your spouse. And there's very clear case law. Uh, He's wrong. Deeply wrong. He's wrong. So aside from being an obnoxious jerk, Donald Trump's lawyer is a terrible lawyer. He is a terrible lawyer. Apparently, he knows nothing about uh, the case law. In fact, marital rape was made illegal in all U.S. states in 1993. All 50 states, it's illegal to rape your wife. And by the way, I had no idea. Did, did you know that there was a thing, an exception, a carve-out for rape when it comes to your wife prior to that?
1: Yes, I did. I did know that um, because as a teenager, I had looked into some of the feminist literature and how uh, women had grown in equal rights. It was something very important to me as a teenager. And so that was the thing that I did know about, about the injustice in the way that women were treated differently before the law in a lot of different ways. Like, you know, for example, before the 1970s, women were not allowed to get credit cards. Or bank accounts or checking accounts unless their father or their husband signed on with them. So that was one of the things that I was aware of. I was also aware of this carve out that you know once you get married as a woman your body is no longer your own you're not allowed to retract consent and of course that has been a major shift in our culture.
0: Well, and basically the way these laws used to work is that they would define what rape was right. as uh, you know some and they would you know define the specifics of rape uh, when it's carried out against someone who is not your wife. Right. And that's how. This carve out uh, for raping your wives uh, had been in place for so many years. But by 1993, it was it was illegal in all 50 states. It was made illegal in New York. Uh, It was found to be unconstitutional. That particular carve out uh, in 1984, five years before the alleged incident between uh, Donald and uh, Ivana. So then they settled their divorce in 1992. And uh, the book came out, the book on Trump, including the very nice statement from Ivana that was approved by Donald Trump and his attorneys. That came out the following year in 1993, after what was likely a very generous uh, divorce settlement between them. Uh, And so I suspect she would not want to risk, uh, you know, sure the, the the losing the divorce settlement but in, what's you know.
1: more remarkable is this attorney who yes. has no idea that no you're not allowed to rape your wife you haven't been allowed to rape your wife legally for over 30 years
0: Dr- trump did something unusual in response he actually distanced himself from his own lawyer's comments today which is kind of amazing the trump campaign on monday uh, trump's campaign manager Corey lewandowski told cnn that trump Disagrees with Cohn's statements. So uh, he, I guess he disagrees that it is legal to rape your wife, <laughs> as as his own attorney had said. Uh, and then a, a campaign source, this was an odd, interesting little quote, a campaign source told CNN, quote, Mr. Trump speaks for Mr. Trump and nobody but Mr. Trump speaks for him. So can you unpack the irony there in yeah. the campaign <laughs> So was that campaign source actually speaking for Mr. Trump at the time? (laughs) We don't know. We don't know. But uh, in this one case, he has somewhat distanced himself uh, from uh, from the statement from his own attorney. And now the attorney himself has apologized, sort of put out a, a, a statement. On Tuesday, said, quote, as an attorney, husband and father. There are many injustices that offend me, but nothing more than charges of rape or racism. They hit me at my core. Rarely am I surprised by the press. But the gall of this particular reporter to make such a reprehensible and false allegation against Mr. Trump truly stunned me. He said in the statement to CNN, in my moment of shock and anger, I made an inarticulate comment, which I do not (laughs) believe and which I apologize for entirely. Which one? I don't know. We don't know which.
1: (laughs) So is he apologizing for being wrong about the law, or is he apologizing for actually threatening these reporters with destroying them financially and destroying their lives? Which, to me, seems like that's also something that would be an actionable complaint from the reporters. I mean, you're not supposed to be making threats against people, as I understand it. Well, he
0: should be disbarred. I'm not an attorney, but I don't know if you're allowed to make those kind of threats against people. And the idea that he was surprised, he's been with uh, Trump for years surely he knows about the allegations surely he knows about you know the statements that came from Trump and his attorneys that was given to the author of the book to include in the book
1: and it surely one would think that he realizes that when a reporter cracks open a book that's publicly available and it says right in there hey this is what he was accused of and then says hey look here's this book so he to accused pretend
0: this. he's surprised by that, it is kind of thing. how dare ridiculous. you report on a book
1: yeah. from 1993
0: Donald Trump has a history of grandstanding on rape. His controversial campaign trail comments this year about Mexicans were hardly the first time he has waded into the hot button issue of sexual assault. This is uh, going back to the Daily Beast. Two years ago, Trump weighed in on the alarming rate of sexual assault and rape in the military, and in doing so, he pinned the blame on the presence of women. He said, 26,000 uh, unreported sexual assaults in the military, only 238 convictions. What did these geniuses expect when they put men and women together? He tweeted in 2013. So it's their own fault. How can they? Uh, well, of course there's going to be rape.
1: How can you expect You put men, men and women
0: <laughs> in a room, It's going there's going to be rape.
1: How can you expect men not to be rapists? Uh, yeah, of course. Of course, insulting the military, and that's all right. Uh, in
0: 1989, the real estate mogul placed a full-page ad in four New York City newspapers calling for the execution of the five alleged rapists of Trisha Miley, the Central Park jogger, who was put in a coma by her assailants. The defendants received different sentences, served uh, uh, between 6 and 13 years behind bars, And we reported in detail on this case a year or two ago before uh, uh, they were put behind bars for six to 13 years before new evidence of coerced confessions emerged that led to their convictions being vacated in 2002. And I believe they just received a huge award of something like five million dollars. They were innocent. Yeah. The Central Park Five were innocent. Donald Trump took out ads to kill them, to have them executed. And again, important, because he is now the front-runner for the, president of the Uni- presidency of the United States. Two more points, and then we'll get to a break. Criminals must be told uh, that their civil liberties end when an attack on our safety begins, Trump's 1989 blared, bring back the death penalty, bring back our police. That's the kind of guy who, who wants to be president. One other statement, Trump's other public statements on rape, on rape cases range from tone-deaf to offensive, says the uh, says the Daily Beast. In 1992, he floated the idea that convicted rapist and boxer Mike Tyson should be allowed to pay, quote, millions and millions of dollars to rape victims instead of serving jail time. That proposal did not go over too well. I think Trump was actually, wasn't he representing Mike uh, Tyson, as I recall, for some time? Anyway, uh, so some rapists should be pub- uh, punished others shouldn't i feel dirty just talking about any of it but the guy is the front runner for the nomination for the republican party for president of the united states so i guess we have to talk about this stuff oh and uh by the way donald trump fire your attorney i'm brad friedman this is your (laughs) broadcast You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired.
1: You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired.
0: You're fired. You're fired. So we we know he knows how to fire people.
1: Yes, we do. Kinda
0: made his living firing people. So fire your attorney, Donald Trump. Man, but I guess that guy uh, knows where the bodies are buried, so maybe you don't want to fire him. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. That music can mean only one thing. What does it mean?
1: It means our latest Green News Report. Oh, yeah.
0: Our latest Green News Report.
1: Not some homes, not most homes, every home in America. Hillary Clinton pledges to go big, very big, on solar. Jeb Bush calls for eliminating all energy subsidies, plus... Well, this is the biggest threat that the planet faces. New study suggests worst-case sea level rise may be sooner than we think.
0: Fantastic. All of those worst cases and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman.
1: And I'm Desi Doyen.
0: Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment.
1: Well, I'm not a scientist either. I'm just a grandmother with two eyes and a brain. And I know we're facing a huge problem from climate change.
0: Well, way to lose the one-eyed grandmother vote, Hillary. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, I gotta say... The fact that the candidates for uh, 2016 are now being pushed to come out with climate plans, now being pushed to come out with answers, the answers are terrible, frankly. I'm not impressed with pretty much any of them. But at least the corporate media seems to be holding their feet to the fire this time around, unlike in 2012.
1: That's right. It is a whole new ball game with the presidential campaign actually talking about climate change. Imagine that. So let's talk about it. First, Republican Jeff Bush called for eliminating specialized tax credits for all energy sources at a campaign fundraiser in Iowa over the weekend. He's the first Republican candidate to even mention oil and gas taxpayer subsidies enjoyed by the wildly profitable. Oil and gas industry. Now, while eliminating subsidies for all energy might sound fair, it's not actually fair at all. Oil, gas, and coal have enjoyed direct taxpayer subsidies for nearly a hundred years, and indirect subsidies like U.S. military protection around the world. They also get the biggest subsidy of all. They don't have to pay for the cost of their pollution. You do.
0: Yeah, I love the idea that, oh, we shouldn't subsidize anyone. We shouldn't pick winners and losers. Well, the winners in this case happen to be the most profitable industries in the history of civilization. And now Jeb Bush wants to pull up the ladder so no one else in any of these new energy industries they just can't enjoy the same thing that fossil fuel did for a hundred years or so.
1: Now, Hillary Clinton spoke of rebalancing taxpayer subsidies for energy in her first major speech on climate change, rolling out what she said was the first plank of a comprehensive climate policy on Monday in Des Moines, Iowa. Secretary Clinton says the U.S. can be the world's clean energy superpower by going big on solar. We need to have more than half a billion solar panels installed across the country by the end of my first term second we'll set a 10-year goal of generating enough renewable energy to power every single home in america not some homes not most homes every home in america So that's a pretty big pledge to make. It would be a 700 percent increase over current rates of solar panel installation. And she also wants to power all homes in the U.S. within 10 years with renewable energy.
0: Yeah, but I think I need to mention, if you talk to scientists, what she's proposing, at least as of now, is not nearly enough
1: true at that campaign event on monday clinton declined to comment on the keystone xl pipeline climate activist bill mckibben said of clinton's plan quote hillary clinton is halfway there now we need clinton to show she understands the other half of the climate change equation which he says is keeping it in the ground As for Clinton's fellow challengers for the Democratic nomination, former Maryland Governor Martin O'Malley has actually gone even further. His energy policy, released last month, calls for the U.S. to be 100 percent renewable energy by 2050, as in no fossil fuels at all. Now, that is technically feasible with today's technology, but not with today's Republican Party in control of Congress. A disturbing new study now says that further delay in moving away from fossil fuels could unleash rapid sea level rise. That's according to a former NASA climate chief, James Hansen, who was co-authored a bombshell new study warning that global warming could accelerate extreme weather and rising seas. In an interview with CBS News, he said sea levels could potentially rise as fast as 10 feet in just 50 years. If we get sea level rise of several meters all coastal cities become dysfunctional. And when he says dysfunctional, he means, like, goodbye, Miami. In an interview with the Bradcast this week, climate scientist Michael Mann, who was not involved in Hansen's new study, says the study makes a strong case that climate change is proceeding faster and is larger in magnitude than previous predictions.
0: We have tended to underestimate Mm -hmm. um, the, the rate and magnitude of the changes. And he's put together a pretty
1: compelling picture here of what you know? What a worst-case scenario might
0: look like, and it's not pretty. It's not pretty at all, and compelling is a very nice way to put it. Terrifying is the way I might describe it. For much more on that story and even some more encouraging ones, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget, you can download our reports anytime for free from Stitcher, TuneIn, or iTunes. Find us and follow us on the Facebook and the Twitters at Green News Report. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan, And this has been your Green News Report. The tide is
1: high, but I'm holding on. I'm
0: gonna be your number one. The tide is a little too high for comfort, I'm yeah. afraid. Much more on my interview with Michael Mann on tomorrow's broadcast. You are not going to want to miss it. It is very disturbing, very troubling. Uh, one point before we go... Since, you know, this is we're feeling so dirty, this uh, episode Uh, in an interview on Fox News that aired after the uh, Daily Beast report on Fox and Trump and wife rape and all of that stuff. uh, After that surfaced, Trump went on to Fox News and continued talking about illegal immigrants and how current uh, President Barack Obama was, quote, the worst. And then Fox News personality Sean Hannity said, congratulations on your good poll numbers. (laughs) Jeez. <laughs> and that's how that went on Fox News. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to Cynthia Cohn, our booking goddess. Uh, we will be, if you missed any portion of today's program, check it out at bradblog.com or go on over to uh, iTunes and download it there. While you're there, please give us a good review. It does help uh, everyone else find the Bradcast as well. We'll be back with you, same Brad time, same Brad channel tomorrow tomorrow. Until then find us on the twitters at the brad blog. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck world.